The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you really know the connection between your teeth and the rest of your health? Did you know that problems in your body can affect your teeth and vice versa? If you have silver fillings, what could they be doing to present a toxic environment to your system? Welcome to the Tooth-Body Connection with Dr. Dawn Ewing. In this program, you'll learn about precautions and safe practices in order to keep your teeth and the rest of your body at safe and healthy levels of life. Now, here is Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing. I'm the Executive Director of the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. And we have a goal where we think it's really important for people to be educated about choices that they have when it comes to dentistry. When you're seeking out a biological office, they are usually uh, trained at a higher level. They adhere to all the standards of care that a regular office would, but they go a step above that. Today, I'm super excited to have as my guest, Dr. Russ Meisner. Russ and I met many years ago at a particular meeting and then kind of connected, and I've actually been to his practice in beautiful Pocatello, Idaho. Russ, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome. I would like for you to take a few moments to tell us, because you have a really interesting uh, past on how you ended up where you are now, because you're not just a dentist. I mean, you're a certified clinical nutritionist, and you're also a naturopathic uh, practitioner. So tell me, when you started in dental school, kind of what happened after that? Uh, I started in dental school in 67, graduated in 71, and then I went to serve our country with the Naval Dental Corps for two years. Thank you for serving. And I went to private practice then for another year, and I just had always wanted to treat kids. So I, you know, either orthodontics or pediatric dentistry, and so I went in the to back to graduate training in pediatric dentistry because you can kind of work on both from that aspect rather than just one aspect. And so I took my training at the University of Nebraska Medical Center, and then for the next two years I stayed, after matriculating, I stayed there for a couple years where I taught as associate professor at both Creighton University and the University of Nebraska Medical Center. was on the Boys Town cleft palate team, and that, and then I just decided that I just wanted to go into private practice and get back near the mountains. So I moved to Pocatello in 1978. And then kind of started looking at problems with the TMJ. So we got into a thing with Dr. Royce Moody and that type of thing. And then I just kind of evolved along the path from there, trying to get to why 
is this happening? Why is that happening? And that type of thing. So I'm always asking why. Cause yeah, well, it's, no, it's I'm not, interested. It's not just bugs and 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 acid. So yeah, I'm interested. Your um, you're bent towards wanting to learn more about nutrition. Now, when you went through dental school, did you learn any of Weston Price's? No. No, really. No. Oh my gosh! What kind of nutrition did you get in dental school? Uh, the four basic food groups. <laughs> and that your teeth are needed to chew them. Yeah, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's crazy. And so... Oh, yeah, um, since then I've been... A, I use a lot of Weston Price information and Melvin Page and Dr. Royal Lee and all those clinical dentists that seem to be on the cutting edge of nutrition back in the 1930s. Yeah, Dr. Royal Lee is a standard process uh, creator. Yes, who had lots of information about the vitality of food. Yes. Right. um, So now, in case people are not familiar with the term pedodontist, that that would mean that you work on children and you give up the right to work on adults? That's pretty much it, except for uh, special needs adults. Okay, all right. And so, can you, I'm going to touch on a hot topic just right off the get-go. Okay, good. Fluoride. What do you think about fluoride? Fluoride is is in the accepted standard care of of dentistry, and of course I have to walk a legal line when I'm talking and that type of thing. But if if it's an endocrine interrupter, okay, it's... Is a toxic waste product byproduct of the of the aluminum industry at one time, and now it's hydrofluorosilic acid that they use to put in the water. And there's probably better experts than me to answer questions on this. But if I was treating my own child, and that they would get no fluoride. So what could we use as an alternative to fluoride if we were looking at ways to try to reduce decay rates? I think a a solution of calcium and phosphorus, okay, and there's several products out there. Uh, One is Spry Dental Products. They have, their toothpaste has calcium glycerol phosphate in it and, you know, other things that are more, Along, the tooth is made out of calcium and phosphorus and that type of thing in a hydroxyapatite molecule. And so the and saliva that- is intended, intended to refeed the tooth. And at times if your system is upset because of poor nutrition, then the saliva is not providing the minerals back and bathing the teeth in it. So some product that's calcium phosphorus based. Do you, in your practice, see kids that have fluorosis? Uh, we used to, until I started talking to the pediatricians, and that's been a fight for a long time because we had um, we had two fertilizer producing plants around here, and so the amount of fluoride in the 
food chain in this area, if you were eating out of your garden and that was very high, we lost a whole dairy that was near those two plants. And I'm sure you know, and most lot, probably a lot of these listeners know that that has not just been a local problem here. That's been a problem nationwide. Yeah, and so fluorosis, for those of you that don't know, is is an overload of, of fluoride that can create spots on the teeth as well as alter your bone health. Um, right. And so I, the spry that you mentioned, doesn't it have xylitol in it as well? It has xylitol. Yes, it has xylitol in it. And, and so um, I know that at one point in time you were really big on using xylitol. Are you still a fan? Still am. Okay. Yeah. The, the, what xylitol does is, quote, the bacteria that's supposed to be the initiator, uh, strep mutans, <clears throat> can't process xylitol the same way it can sucrose, glucose, or fructose because it's a five-carbon polyol. And so what happens is it causes the bacteria to lose their stickiness so they don't stick to the teeth as easily, and they're kind of washed away during the process. And then spry also has a calcium and phosphorus base in there, you know, calcium glycerol phosphate. And so you're working on the bacteria. You're not necessarily killing them, but you're decreasing their numbers. And that, and that's basically how xylitol works. Erythritol is another good substitute for sweetener. Okay. And a lot of people use stevia. Okay. Yeah. And okay. then the other the other thing that I see with with that process is that uh, you reduce the amount of plaque. Okay, and I'm sure most people listening know they've heard about dental plaque and how it builds up on your teeth and so on and so forth. But I just go back to Weston Price's book, and he studied all these skulls and what. In ancient history, you know, in Native Amer- native tribes across the world, and when you look at those, you don't see any decay in the teeth. Right. And, well, they didn't have toothbrush, they didn't have fluoride, but they also didn't have what Dr. Price called the diet of commerce. Right, all that sugar. Yeah. Yes. And so I remember reading... Uh, a book of Hal Huggins, Why Raise Ugly Kids, great book, talking yeah. about nutrition and, and how what you eat affects your kids' teeth and, you know, how we need butter and how when you eat higher right. concentrations of sugar, it stunts the jaw growth so you no longer have room for your wisdom teeth. So I know that you have some information for us on early childhood intervention. And when I'm talking about early, I'm talking about before the the baby's born. So what do you coach pregnant women on? I coach pregnant women. I'd like to catch them before they're pregnant. Okay. <laughs> that, All right. That's not, so, that's not necessarily possible, you know, in our environment. If you can catch them before they're pregnant and you can get them on a xylitol regimen, you know, all the research, and you're familiar with this, I don't really want to go into that, shows that after about six months you have a, decreased culture of strep mutans and that you're not going to pass on to your child and that children 
at the age of five with a mom that's chewed xylitol, not even using anything else in the child's mouth, they end up with, oh, I think it was around 80% less decay than a child's mom that didn't follow that protocol. Okay, so if they're using xylitol before they get pregnant or while they're pregnant, then they reduce the risk of their child after the child's born of having decay. Right, from from uh, transfer from the mom to the child. Right. Wow, that's really valuable information. I know that yeah. Weston Price was really big on um, certain foods before a person got pregnant, not right. only for the male but for the female, trying to conceive healthier children. And right. um, in each area of the world, that food would vary as far as... Uh, increasing the person's hormones and uh, fatty acids and everything right. else. So, yeah, I make, can see. To make hormones, you've got to have fat. <laughs> right, and nowadays with a fat-free world. Okay, we're going to take a short break, um, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about some questions that have to do with bottle mouth caries. So okay. if you have an infant that has a lot of decay, you're going to want to listen to what Dr. Meisner has to say about your child with bottle mouth carries. We'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Step by step, you made it through the journey of pregnancy. Now your baby is in your arms and you're on the cusp of a new journey, breastfeeding. As a new parent, you receive a lot of advice, much of it conflicting, some of it outdated. Tune into Born to be Breastfed with host Marie Biancuso to bust through the myths about feeding your baby. Marie and her guests will help you figure out what you can expect and put you on the best and surest path on your breastfeeding journey. Listen every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We are bombarded daily with information about beauty products and anti-aging treatments. Do you know how they have been tested? Are they truly going to make a change or just take the change out of your pocket? Tune in to Shelly's Show and Tell with host Shelly Hancock. We'll bring you the top-rated skincare products and treatments tested by Real Transformation Skin Care Centers. We'll motivate you to make the best changes. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health & Wellness. Are you ready for a real, fact-based show about alternative and natural approaches to health? Listen for Live Healthy, Be Healthy with Drs. Jim and Janine Fox. We're not about the latest health fads. We're about proven methods from real patients and real situations. Each week's show is an eye-opening look behind the scenes of real health. Live Healthy, Be Healthy can be heard live every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1 866 
1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth-Body Connection. Yes, I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing. If you're looking for a biological dentist, you can go to our website, www.iabdm.org. That's the International Academy of Biological Dentistry and Medicine. It's a group of physicians and dentists that go beyond the standard of care and to the cutting edge, and they do a lot of things that are more preventive in nature. And we're speaking with Dr. Russ Meisner today. And while we're on that topic of prevention, what, what age should a child be as they see the dentist for the first time? I, I like to have them seen when, actually, at six months. I like to see them before the first two throws. Okay, and that way I can get the mom thinking about xylitol, get the child using xylitol products in an effort to reduce the amount of K. We have kids in our practice that have been eight, nine years without cavities. So Wow. Wow. And so they don't have any teeth. Now, are you talking about using a washcloth with some xylitol on there and rubbing it on the gums? Rubbing it on the gums because they used to think that the bacteria and xylitol is is not a magic bullet, okay, and that type of thing, but it does cut down the number of strep mutans. They used to think that strep mutans wasn't normal to the mouth until... Teeth erupted, but there's been other research that's shown differently. So you're going to feed those bacteria that xylitol, which they can't use, which they get slicky, and it decreases their colonization numbers. Now, I got a call from a mother that um, has been breastfeeding her baby, and her baby is two and a half years old. She's never seen a dentist yet, but all of her front teeth, are decayed. And right. so we had a conversation on the phone about the sugar in breast milk and, and basically right. what we would have called bottle mouth caries, but in this right. instance, there's no bottle, it's a breast. Um, right. can, can you describe to listeners what transpires and how to prevent that? Well, if you think of, uh, on it as only a bacterial disease, which, of course, I believe it's a Systemic, so you have to look at the whole body and what else is going in into the child, what's going into the mother as far as nutrition and that type of thing. But the common theory is that there's lactose, which is the milk sugar in there. And, and of course, if you just feed the baby and clean the teeth afterwards and lay it down to sleep, but if you are continually letting that baby suckle all night at will, then you're exposing the teeth to more and more problems. But what else is the baby receiving? Because there's going to be pros and cons, and I'd be called in a heretic by some people because they'll say, well, breastfeeding absolutely doesn't cause this, and that may be true. But then you also see it associated with it. So why is that happening? Okay? Mm -hmm. So there's something else that can be going on besides that, but it it does increase the risk. 
So we're not talking in my, about... In my the, opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're not talking about the fact that we think that breast milk is not healthy and that the, it's right. causing decay. We're talking about the number of exposures. So the number of, ex, the number of exposures is when you have the baby in bed with you at night and it's continually suckling, you're giving it more exposure, 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 rather than just feeding the baby, cleaning its teeth, and laying it down. So, so lot, you say a lot you, different you, method. Yes, yes. So, would you gauge that every time there's an exposure of something that's cariogenic or decay causing, that there's about a thirty-minute window of the continued exposure from, of the acids from that bacteria? I would think that that what you're saying is be true. I'm not definite on the numbers, you know. Okay, so yeah, if we use that if, as a if gauge, you're, if you're if you're using the xylitol in that type of decay situation, you're going to cut down the bacteria that actually can initiate the dissolution of the enamel, so you may not see that type of thing. Okay. Okay. All right. But there's so, there's. Go ahead. Better for a, a baby to eat a full meal than for it to just eat little spurts throughout the day. So we reduce those numbers of exposures. Right. In in my opinion, of course, common things nowadays is we, as humans, we should be eating five times a day instead of just those three meals. So, you know, as far as, as far as for an infant, I think it's just that where I see the problem with the breastfeeding, our bottle is if they are, Laying in bed with mom all night and suckling, okay, at will, then they're getting, in my opinion, overexposure. Okay. And so uh, you talked about uh, cleaning the teeth. So at what age should you start brushing a child's teeth? Well, you you can clean them with, uh, they have these little finger cots that go on your teeth that are like terry cloth. And so you can start cleaning the teeth as soon as they first come in. They go on your finger and then you kind of wipe it off? Right. Wipe the tooth off? Okay. Right. And then I know that I coach a lot of parents about um, how to take care of their kids' teeth. And we'll even show them how to get down on the floor and how to position their child so that they can see in, in their mouth and brush and floss. Right. Now, how important to you is it that an adult... A take on the responsibility of flossing for that child. How important it is to me? Yeah, do you well, coach your really parents on... To me. Yeah, yeah. Really important to me, but I can't... You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make a drink. Sure, but a lot of parents don't realize that every okay. tooth that touches has to be flossed, that just the yeah. act of brushing, or they turn over the brushing to a two-year-old and say, go brush your teeth. Right. And... I don't think that that child's dexterity is good enough for them to have the responsibility given to them until they can cursive write. Okay, I see what you're talking. Eight or nine years old, they won't have the dexterity until eight or nine, ten years of age. Okay, so those of you listening... properly care for their own teeth. it, It is your responsibility as a parent to care for those children's teeth until they are able to be able to take care of those teeth for themselves. And they, they can't do that. They can't drive themselves to a dentist. They don't make good food choices. So you need to be right. responsible for making food choices. What would be some good food choices for a parent to make? 
um, celery. Okay, and on our website, uh, www dot kids k i d d s dental dot com, we have a whole protocol laid out there called breaking the cycle. And what's that about? What's that about? That's breaking the cycle of tooth decay in the family, you know. So it's talking about starting the mom on xylitol before the child's born, using xylitol with the child. It goes into to different food groups and what are good snacks and not not good snacks for the child on the on our website. And it's you go on there and then on the website and you can click breaking the cycle. There's a little thing that says breaking the cycle there and you click that. And there's a whole protocol laid out. Okay. All right. So for listeners, it's K-I-D-D dental. There's no S? No, there's an S. K-I-D-D-S dental.com. Okay. Great. Please go on that and go to... It's easier to say that than than have them research it on their own rather than to try and go through a bunch of foods right now. But, you know, celery and uh, carrots and apples and that type of thing and trying to avoid foods that are fructose fructose is one of the biggest offenders i think in our diets today so so what about juices uh i'm not you'd rather them eat the whole fruit i'd rather have them eat the fruit and the only problem with the fruit is it needs to be organic Growing where you know that the minerals are in the soil to get into the into the into the thing. Fructose has to be broken down in the liver, just like alcohol. And so, if if you are eating fructose, 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 you can have eight or nine of the same diseases as those that use alcohol chronically. Okay. All right. So we're talking about prevention and how diet can help prevent decay. So maybe instead of having a Twinkie when your kids come home from school, having some cut-up vegetables or some pieces of of fruit would be a much better choice. Or protein. Protein, yeah. Have a chicken breast cut up. In my opinion, eggs are probably the most perfect food. They are a perfect food, I agree. And if you can get some organic eggs... Um, that's even better. So if we're talking about prevention and we get into our older kids, so we tried to prevent the decay as the mom was pregnant. We increased the xylitol intake. And I would like to be specific. Do you care whether it's a corn-based xylitol or a birch? Um, Supposedly the birch, people exploit and say the birch is better. Uh, If it's corn-based and it's not from GMO corn, then I would, that's probably fine, okay? Okay. So All the right. thing is, is it's, either way it comes, it's a chemical that's just the five-carbon sugar alcohol. Is there a particular brand that you're fond of? Um, that we use? We use pretty much the Spry. Okay. All right. Great. So and we're going to... Most of these studies were done in Scandinavia and Finland, and that by Dr. Mackinnon and of course Dr. Peldiak is a U.S. expert on xylitol. But you know, like 
you look at all the... If you read the label, you're going to see high fructose corn syrup, corn syrup, fructose. Right. And that, and that would be something I, we tell our parents to avoid like the plague. Okay. So we've been talking with Dr. Russ Meisner, and he has some information that you can get directly off of his, his website, regardless of where you are. Go to com and look for Breaking the Cycle. And you'll get the protocol for how to use the xylitol in case you're planning on getting pregnant or you're already pregnant and you want to try to reduce decay rates in your unborn child. Or if you already have kids and you want to start reducing their risk of decay and looking at using some foods that are healthier options for them. We're going to be taking a short break. And we, when we come back, we're going to be talking about prevention of orthodontics. Is there a way to prevent having to have braces? If there is, we want to know about that. So we'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. How is your health? Do you want to know more about it? Every day there are new technologies, procedures, and healing techniques coming forward. To understand them, tune in to Speaking of Health with Dr. Michael Cudlis. Our guests come from different backgrounds in the fields of health and healing. We'll discuss new realities and modalities, from chiropractic to metagenics. It's all designed to improve your quality of life. Speaking of Health is heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Transformational healing includes energy medicine as well as hands-on healing. Tune in every week to Transformational Healing with Dr. Bonnie Morrow. If you want to know more about the business and science of energy fields, chakras, and the medical and spiritual community, join our expert guests as we work together to bring you closer to your personal health vision. Transformational Healing is heard live every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Being here with Ariel and Shia Kane is an ordinary person's guide to modern-day enlightenment. This show is an exciting exploration which opens the door to living in the moment. Don't miss being here. Tune in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern with Ariel and Shia Kane right here on the 7th Wave Network. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. I'm Dr. Dawn Ewing. If you're looking for a biological dentist, again, we are speaking with Dr. Russ Meisner today, who is a pedodontist in Pocatello, Idaho. If you go to our website, www.iabdm.org, you can look for a biological dentist in your area as well. 
Today, we're talking about children's dental health, and we're talking a lot about prevention. We've gone over things like the use of xylitol, and we've gone over um, using good food for nutrition. But right now, we're going to focus on if there is a way to prevent braces. And I want to know, where can we start? Let's, let's start right from when the baby's born. What can we do? It, in, in my opinion, is that as soon as that child's born, and if you have a cranial fascial therapist in your area. And describe you, what, to us what that is. Well, the, the cranial bones move. And they come through the birth canal, they get stressed, and they can get locked in a position. And so those need to be released and freed up, okay? And now this and, is not a painful thing. No. We're talking about the bones, the sutures in the skull. Right. And, and, and that, the, that they just right. need and to be released. Released in the fascial tissue and the strain that that child has had setting in the womb, depending on how they were setting in the womb and that type of thing, plus the stress of birth itself. The, the, the approach is called the Gillespie approach, and I think you can find that at uh, the Gillespie approach, and I'm not sure if it's .org or .com, and it's G-I-L-L-I-S-P-I-E. He's also hooked up with the what's called the Family Hope Center, Dot org and that and they do tremendous work but if he feels and I feel if you can get to that child early on and start relieving those stresses then you're going to allow for the natural motion to occur and not be locked down in a growth growth headed direction and so along with a great diet for the mom and the father before conception and with the great diet with the mom during pregnancy and those types of things in avoiding that we'll see a lot of lot less orthodontic problems. If you orthodontic problems in my mind can mainly occur from airway problems in young children. Okay? And so So let let me let me make sure that I'm understanding this. So if we have the the suture lines in the skull are maybe not being allowed to expand like they need right. to, then you could have the, maybe the top jaw grow at a different rate than the bottom jaw grows, which could make for some facial flaws. Or maybe right. the jaw doesn't open up and the palate expands, so now we have an airway breathing problem, right. which could cause what for a child? What kinds of symptoms might you see? For a child, the, the dental symptoms? Well, or, uh, sure. Start off with the dental sy- symptoms. The dental symptoms you're going to see is crooked teeth. Class 1s, class 2s, class 3s. Dr. Harville did a study on uh, years ago on baby monkeys. And if you if you take a newborn child and you close off its nose... We are obligate nose breathers when we're born, okay? If you close off the nose completely and hold it, the child will suffocate because he hasn't learned how to breathe through his mouth. So they're obligate nose breathers so that they can breastfeed. Right. And so the same thing happens in what's happening in the monkeys. So he slowly closed off their airways at different 
so that they could still partially breathe through the nose and they learned how to breathe through the mouth. And then those monkeys, over time, um, learned how to breathe with their mouth and their tongue position and that. And they developed every malocclusion that you see in the human race. And then the other factor in that, of course, was diet. And if you read or get the video on Pottinger's cats, you'll see the dental effects that diet and nutrition had on generation after generation after generation of cats. And so I kind of look at kids nowadays and I say, man, I'm, see- I'm seeing Pottinger's cats right here in front of me. Right. Okay, so I, I want to make sure that I have this clear for everybody. So if we have a child that can't breathe through their nose correctly, then and, and a, a healthy individual would go to sleep at night and they would close their mouth and their lips would be sealed and they would breathe through their nose and right. have adequate levels of oxygen while they sleep. But if they can't breathe through their nose for whatever reason then slowly what happens is the person, person becomes what we call a mouth breather. So they, right. they sleep with their lips apart, and the air comes in through the mouth, which dries out all the mucosa, creates right. more bacteria growth, and from what I hear you say, also can create anything from buck teeth to a jaw that's too short on the right. bottom. Or too long on the bottom, okay? And it's a... It's- in, a, in fact, in, you know, people used to think, well, tongue thrust. Well, in orthodontics, if you want to move something, you can move it better and faster overall with a low continuous force rather than a strong interruptive force, which a tongue you swallow, that, then the force is over. But a tongue that positions itself so that you can breathe is applying that force 24 hours a day. So in a healthy individual, where should the tongue fit? In the roof of the mouth. And in someone who has what we call a tongue thrust, where does that tongue end up? Tongue ends up down lower and forward. So it pushes you, on you teeth? Get, you don't transfer from an infantile swallow to an adult swallow. You still remain in an infantile swallow like the breast is in there when they're feeding with the breastfeeding. The tongue, is, of course, is not on the roof of the mouth. So can that, that translate? pattern can continue. Can that translate into any kind of a speech impediment? Um. Well, with anterior open bite, it sure would. Well, the placement of the tongue, so I'm thinking like a lift. Yeah, yeah, and so you develop different differential in the in the teeth and and space in the teeth, and you're going to lift because you don't have teeth that come together, or you have a narrow upper jaw that you can't get the tongue positioned properly. So and then you'll see indentations a lot of times in the tongue itself on the sides. So, so if you can't get to an infant right afterwards to have the craniofacial therapy done, the Gillespie approach, then what would be some other alternatives that we could do uh, to try to reduce our risk of 
orthodon- full orthodontics. Okay, I would then go to Dr. Uh, I forget his name. Has the nasal spray, nasal wash, xylitol nasal wash. Really? Yes. What What for? And you just... Because then that reduces the number of bacteria and the chances of upper respiratory problems and ear infections in young children. So that now you're not getting a constricted airway from repeated infections and that type of thing. Uh, wow, that that is news for me. I mean, I, I know that diet plays a lot into like mucus formation, and so I look at dairy allergies right. and gluten sensitivities. But the nasal wash, now where can we get information on that? Uh, it's, I'm, it's, I assume you can get it from the company. It's called X-L-E-A-R. Okay. X, is it X-C? X-L. X-L-E-A-R. Okay, so it looks like... It's called Clear Nasal Spray or Wash, and... I would do, I would be putting that in the child's nose once in the morning and once at night, and that'll help reduce uh, ear infections and congestion, and that over time. Now, see, that's it's another band aid because I agree with you. You got to get down to the diet, okay? But you can do the best you can do, okay? So these kids that have um, the Maybe their suture lines are are not free enough to be able to expand correctly. We talked about the fact that they could create crooked teeth. What could we be seeing in symptoms as far as could this be a child that acts out and has mood problems because they're hypoxic? Yes. They they wet the bed, okay? They have headaches in the morning. They're... uh, Tired during the day, they can become agitated. Their bed is all messed up at night, you know, because of the restless sleep and that type of thing. And what there's two terms, and one's called sleep disordered breathing, the other one's called childhood sleep apnea. And that, and every child in our office that comes in that grinds their teeth, okay, or snores, we send them to the sleep institute for a Overnight pulse oximeter. Also, like a sleep study. Yeah, it's not the study. It's that the center here will send them home with a pulse oximeter and record their oxygen levels overnight. And then, if there's a problem, then we deal with that with the ENT and and whatever else intervention is needed. So, but that starts early on. And so, do they get an appliance made like an adult does? No, sometimes it'll be, uh, uh, of course, you and I would look at it a different way, but it'll be tonsils, adenoids, airways, nasal septum, which could have been disturbed at birth and maybe have been cleared up with craniofacial therapy and that type of thing that's developed. And then that allows the child to start to gain a better airway. Uh, So, and... Bedwetting disappears. Wow, that's amazing. So if you've got a child and you've tried everything else, then maybe you need to be taking them to a biological dentist or someone who really understands airway and can get uh, this airway opened up and see some amazing changes, a much natural, more natural approach. 
and yeah, certainly one, have long-term benefits. Right, because it's the open airway. You can also have benefits on the dental. If you're hypoxic at night, you know, the maxilla is not getting the nutrients it needs to develop, et cetera, et cetera. It's a, what do you call those cycles? That, uh, well, it's just cyclical. One, one on another. <laughs> yeah. You know, one thing leads to another. Okay, well, we've been yeah. speaking with Dr. Russ Meisner, and we're going to take our last short break before we come back from our last segment, and we're going to continue talking about orthodontics and uh, throw in a few other tidbits as well. Again, if you're looking for a dentist, go to our website, and we'll be right back. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Explore the power of natural healing with Howard Strauss. Join us each week for an informative program that will help you learn effective healing methods using natural remedies. Howard's guests include top researchers, authors, and experts who will share their views on a variety of natural products and healing methods that really work. Tune in to The Power of Natural Healing with Howard Strauss, Mondays at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health & Wellness Channel. Frankly Speaking About Cancer is a program designed to empower survivors and their caregivers to deal with the social and emotional challenges of cancer. The show will invite physicians, researchers, nurses, social workers, patients, and caregivers to share their advice on how to live a better life with cancer. Join host Kim Tibaldo, President and CEO of the Cancer Support Community, Tuesday afternoons at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You are listening to the Tooth Body Connection. To reach the show today, please call 1-866-472-5792. Again, that's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to Dr. Don at drdon.net. That's drdon at drdon.net. Now, back to the Tooth Body Connection. Today we're talking with one of our members, Dr. Russ Meisner, who's a pedodontist, which is a children's dentist in Pocatello, Idaho. And he's been giving us all kinds of information about how to prevent decay, even in your unborn child, and how to open an airway and be able to reduce some problems so that you can try to prevent orthodontics. But let's say we end up with a child that we're, you know, as parents, we don't know everything, and we come into our learning curve in different places. So maybe we have a child who is now 11, 12 years old, 
and they've gotten all of their permanent teeth and they need braces. So, Dr. Meisner, what do you do then? Well, me, I would send them to, if I could, every one of them to Dr. Chris Baker in Texas. Okay. Uh, and what, what would be your rationale for that? Well, she's kind of has a background training like you have had. She's an RN. She's a pediatric dentist, and then she was, and is now an orthodontist, and she's trained under Dr. Walter Doyle, who's probably one of the most knowledgeable, and she treats the problems early, and she has airway as a primary consideration. So she's be treating kids that are three, four, and five years of age, trying to correct things, because we know that the TMJ joint is not fully developed. And she believes that if you can get that and get the canines and get the proper anterior, posterior, transverse, and vertical dimensions established in the primary or early mixed dentition, then you'll have a more normally developed uh, TMJ situation. Okay, and and the TMJ, for those that don't know, is, is where the bottom jaw connects with the with the actual top jaw when you put your fingers in your ears and you open and close that's that joint that's there right right and so she considers that a priority yeah she considers that a very high priority because then you have less problems later on with uh, according to her with tmj symptoms because you've gotten everything aligned and ready to go for the TMJ to continue to mature and mature in a more proper manner. Well, I like what I heard about you saying that things can be dealt with at an earlier age. I know uh, I had braces when I was a teenager, and I had the old-fashioned kind of metal braces. And, of course, I was very fortunate because I didn't have any decay um, from however I took care of my teeth at that time, and I honestly can't remember. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, pristine. But I know that the school of thought at that time was to remove bicuspids, which are teeth about midway in the jawline. It's really common to take out one on each of the four quadrants to try to then move everything else forward, and voila, you're done. Yeah. Is that still the school of thought, or, or are we trying to expand the palate and keep the extra teeth now? I think some of the later research is showing that, you know, you have a, a position on the lower arch and it's pretty much established and that um, I see at least the orthodontists in our area taking out less and less bicuspids and, and using that new, new research of there, you can, can expand to this point, but you've got to hold it for longer point in time to allow all the muscles and the attachments and that type of thing to adapt to the new position of the teeth. So I, I see a trend, at least in our area, of less bicuspid extraction. Okay, and, and while we were on this, I, we talked about something when we very first started, and I'm not really sure, uh, we didn't have anybody that emailed in, but I wanted to clarify. You said that you were on a cleft palate team. Can you yeah. describe for people that don't really know what a cleft palate is, what that, that is? It's a, a problem where the child has a cleft lip, and sometimes it's just that. Other times it's a cleft palate, which is, I mean, the palate did not 
form infused together, so you have a hole between the roof of the mouth and the and the nose, all the way. Sometimes just in the front, sometimes all the way back. So if they were trying to drink something, they wouldn't get a seal to make water go right. down in, into so you, the stomach. It would it likely could go up through the nose. Right. And so sometimes you'll construct, until they're ready for surgery or that type of thing, you'll construct what's called an obturator, which then allows them to create a seal and go ahead and feed that way. So that would be an appliance that goes up yeah. there and, and creates yeah. a, a seal for them. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to make sure that we touch basing as we, we spoke about something I like for everybody to be educated about what all aspects are that we're trying to right. discuss. You know, I know that when a child is going in to have braces done or when they're going in for a dental checkup, that the likelihood is going to be that x-rays are going to be taken. And yes. I get questions from parents all the time where they say, you know, I'm going to tell my dentist that they can't take x-rays. And I tell them, well, you know, sometimes it's a necessary evil I would yeah. like to make sure that they use a digital x-ray and that we can offer you a homeopathic remedy to take afterwards. But do you have some kind of a guideline for parents about how often x-rays should be taken on their children? We, we have a guideline, and you, you just went right down the list. You know, if I've seen a child and I know the history in the family and there's very little decay, then I may only take x-rays once every year. And that's just two x-rays, which is two bite wings, okay? Um, the panelists, which is another type of x-rays, and ours are all digital. And we do have the homeopathic in our office, you know, to offer afterwards, too. Um, pads, I take it appropriate, you know, when some permanent teeth have erupted. So we're not taking a full mouth survey on children until about six, seven years of age, and then we, you do use a lead apron that pr- protects the thyroid. And so we take, we probably take less x-rays than is allowed by the minimal standards of pediatric dentistry, where, oh, you can take them every six months. Well, we don't do that. It's indicated by the individual and their decay rate. But let's be clear, it is it is necessary for you to be able to evaluate and adequately be able to diagnose decay. Right. So we want to encourage parents that, you know, we're being as cautious as possible, but it's, you know, it's an advantage. It would be much better than your child having to have a tooth removed because we were negligent. How often would you suggest a child get their teeth cleaned? Well, again, that depends on the that those that are higher carries risk than more often, at least twice a year, and those that are not as high carry risk once a year. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I really want to thank you for your time today in going over children's dentistry with us. We've learned a lot, even myself. I'm uh, really fascinated and want to follow up with the nasal wash of the xylitol, so okay. I know I'll be online and, uh, again, if you want information of Dr. Meisner's, go to K-I-D-D-S-D-E-N-T-A-L.com. Next week on our show, we're going to be talking about biological dental hygiene and how that visit might be different in a biological office. And we'll be talking about things like a microscope and um, 
talking about ozone therapy and different ways that a biological office would handle periodontal disease. So we appreciate your time for listening to us. And until then, this has been the Tooth Body Connection on voiceamerica.com. Thank you. Thank you again for tuning in to the Tooth Body Connection. Please join your host, Dr. Don Ewing, again next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again about a healthy mouth and a healthy body next week. We'll be right back. 